You are now tuned in to the Thrive Without Limits podcast, where I'm your host, Jake Deichler, an Olympic athlete, devoted husband, and proud father. Join us each and every week as we bring you insightful conversations and powerful lessons designed to help you thrive in all areas of your life. Let's get started. Hey there, podcast listeners. Today, we have a special guest on the show, Mark Schwab. Mark's list of accolades and wrestling is impressive. He was inducted into the Iowa Wrestling Hall of Fame. He became Iowa's sixth four-time state champion and earned two-time Division I All-American honors for wrestling at the University of Northern Iowa. But what truly sets Mark apart is his coaching career. He's coached at the Division I level for schools like the University of Northern Iowa, Purdue, and the University of Minnesota when they won two national titles. Additionally, he, has, he was the head coach at the Division III level at Buena Vista College. What's really, really exciting about our conversation with Mark is his expertise and the mental side of sports, specifically performance psychology. As we approach postseason competitions in many sports, his insights are incredibly valuable for athletes and anyone looking to perform at their best, whether in sports or in life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show with Mark Schwab. All right, we've got Mark Schwab on the show here. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, Mark. Hey, thanks for having me, man. <clears throat> um, I know we were talking a little bit about just before the show here. I felt like we've we've you know a lot of ways we know each other and we've crossed paths, but in so many ways it's like I just want to take time to get you on the show because again we have so many mutual friends. Even just starting Jay Robinson. Talk about Jay Robin, your relationship with him and your time at the U a little bit. You know, I met Jay. I was I was a college athlete when I met Jay. I was at <clears throat> I was in Northern Iowa and uh, he had his camp system. And at that time, he had a 28, he actually had a two-week. No, he had the 28-day camp there for a while in Cedar Falls. It was at Warburg for a while. But I got connected in his camp system my freshman summer after at my freshman year of college. And yeah. I worked the whole summer for him. And that's when I first met Jay. And, and in all honesty, <clears throat> uh, you know, I was intimidated by Jay. I didn't really care for him. Yeah. You know, I thought he, I, at, at that time, you know, I thought he, over $50, you know, there was a $50 riff between us. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but as, as time went on, you know, I, I continued to work as camp swarm at different times. And then in 1995, he had just gotten a hold of me and it just happened to be the right time in life yep. uh, where he said, you know, we would like to get you up here and, and, and start coaching. And uh, so I went up there in 95 and I spent about 10 years up there. And, you know, as far as Jay goes, he's one of the main influences in my life. <clears throat> and I'm not just saying that to, to uh, you know, because I think he's going to listen to this. I, I'm yeah. saying that because he's one of the main influences in my life and uh, in a lot of different ways. Not, not, not so much wrestling. Yeah. Parts of wrestling, but just a lot of ways, you know, Jay proved to be a friend, you know what I mean? A lot, you know, a lot of people, but he's proved incredibly loyal to me and, he, and he's done a lot. And, I, and I'll tell you, I will tell you the kind of guy Jay is, is uh, <clears throat> my mom had a long battle with cancer. And when she passed away, Jay was just finishing up his camps in Oregon and he drove all night, all the way back to Minneapolis and then drove down to Northern Iowa to come to my mom's funeral. 
that's the kind of guy uh, Jay is. And Jay sat there, he walked in the church uh, on his crutches, and um, and it was it was really hot out, and, and that guy showed up. And I tell you what, you know, I I had a lot of uh, respect for the guy before that, but after that, you know, I'm 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 a true believer for, for Jay Robinson. Yeah, that's amazing. That's well, I'm sorry about your mom. And that, <clears throat> yeah, that's amazing. It's so funny to say that. I would say, and this must be what made him a great coach because I have the same story, a different story, right? But you know, I come to the uni University of Minnesota after the Olympic run, and I know it's no secret. I had a lot of concussions, right? I had tons of them by the time I came to college, and here I am. I show up. I'm ready to go. I want to be the guy at whatever weight fits for the team, and boom, get hit first day of practice. So essentially, my entire college career over the course of four years in college, you know, and this happens to a lot of guys, but he, it was so cool because it, I would say, looking back, probably the lowest point in my life because I'd lost wrestling. I'd lost the thing that made me who I was to that point. Jay yeah. essentially grabbed me by the, you know, the arm and said, we're going to walk through this. You're going to find who you are outside of wrestling. You're going to get through school. You And it was, he didn't have to care anything. I wasn't even really competing. I wasn't, he had no reason. And here I am. He's a guy helping me out on and off the mat. And same thing, like, I became a believer. I'm like, this guy's here for you, whether it's good, whether it's bad. That's those are I tell my kids those lessons that I learned through that time. You know, he's extremely loyal. He he really is, man. It's amazing. Well, yep. and Mark, it's so cool. Like just digging into your story a little bit. I saw you got, you know, inducted into the Iowa Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2008. Um, you were the sixth four-time state champ, which is an amazing accomplishment. And I just, I saw some cool stuff from your speech. It was, you know, it was, a, it says, you said it was all about where I grew up, right? Can you talk a little yeah. bit now? You're from Osage, Iowa, correct? Yes. Yeah, talk you know, a little bit about your time. Yeah, well, I think about Osage a lot. Um, for me, it, it was, it was an ideal place to grow up. I mean, just, you know, that, and that was back to when, when it was, uh, you know, everybody was outside all the time. You know, uh, kids today, they're inside all the time. When I when I was growing up, it was punishment to be inside. Yes. It was punishment. Uh, you know, we were out and a lot of our lives revolved around riding our bikes. You know, bikes were a big part of, yes. of things we did. Just small town Iowa, man. You wake up, you know, in the summertime and... And you get up whenever you get up and you go and play in the dirt and make forts and, and you do all this, uh, <laughs> you do all this stuff all day long. And then you, you come home and you get hungry and it's just, uh, you know, you walk in the door and Johnny Carson, the Tonight Show theme's playing, you know, and, and that's small town Iowa growing up. <clears throat> as far as the wrestling part goes, I was blessed to have incredible support from my parents for one. Yeah. There was no pushing. There was no pushing. There was only support. Really? Only support. Uh, wow. They didn't, when you won, it wasn't a big deal. When you lost, it wasn't a big deal. We didn't really talk about wrestling in our house. My parents supported me. They told me they loved me no matter what. They were there in the stands. And, um, 
and I had a great coach. <clears throat> I had a, I had a great coach. Still to this day, his name is Bill Andrew, and I believe uh, in my experience of being around coaches, and I've been around a lot of them, he, he's one of the best coaches I've ever been around. And I'm not just saying that because he was my high school coach. I'm saying that because the guy just had, he was the first one there, the last one to leave. He knew what to say. He didn't say too much. He wasn't afraid of confronting you. <clears throat> he, could, he could hammer you <clears throat> and then build you back up. He knew how to motivate. He could have coached that I learned from this guy. It was all the other things that are important. So I had a great coach and a great system. Uh, I had an older brother yeah. who I kind of patterned myself after uh, training-wise. And then my younger brother got a lot of that. You know, he, he, he was lucky to have two older brothers that he got to watch. And we made sure that he didn't make some of the mistakes that we made. You know what I mean? So yeah. he really, yeah, he got the best of it. Yep. You know, and then I had a sister who, uh, <clears throat> if, if women's wrestling was like it was, like it was today, you know, she she would have been in there. You know what I mean? I believe I can't doubt I, that for I a second. Last name Schwab, she would have been right there. <laughs> but I also went to a high school where wrestling, where the town is very important. I mean, the whole community showed up, and and they're still winning today. <clears throat> they're uh, they'll probably win state the the AA class in state again this year. Um, so it's a great history, full of great people. And and I couldn't pick couldn't have picked a better place uh, to grow up than Osage, Iowa. It's amazing. It it's yeah, so cool. man. It's awesome. That's awesome. Do you still are you still able to go back, or I mean, do you ever keep in touch? Yeah, with I go back occasionally. My my sister still lives there, and and I got some friends there, and my aunt who's like a second mom. And my cabin's up there outside of Osage, you know. So uh, yeah, I, I get back up there once in a while. That's awesome. And so, so my dad actually grew up in a town of Osage, Minnesota. So there's, there's actually an Osage in Minnesota. Now it's really small, but 200 people, but that's where my family's from. So that's hilarious. I was, yeah, I've seen it. yeah, yeah. Um, another, you know, fast forwarding a little bit to college, you know, you had a, you had an awesome college career. You two time division one, all American third in the world cup. You took third at Tbilisi, right? Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, first off, I made I made a mistake on where I went to college. Um, I made my decision based on a girl. And I tell yeah. you what, if there's any younger kids out there, man, don't make don't make a decision on where you're going to go to college based on a relationship. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where, like, you're in high school, like. We'll always be together, you know, and I, and you really think you will be. And then that, you know, forever is two months. Two months later is forever. <laughs> and you've gone different directions. Yep. But now you're at a place and, and you kind of got your hooks in. You got friends and it's not so easy to leave. But uh, that's why I made my decision, which wasn't. Wasn't a solid decision, yeah. but I went there anyway and. Um, a lot of great friends, a lot of great people there. And, you know, the wrestling was going okay. Yeah. Um, as, a, as a true freshman, I ended up fifth in the nation, and I had uh, uh, 49 and nine. I wrestled 58 matches as a true freshman. 
Wow. And that's back when, yeah, there was no, there, you know, we actually wrestled too much. And if I wouldn't have been such a young kid, that probably would have got to me. But actually wrestling more matches at, at that time uh, was a good thing for me. You know, I couldn't have done that my fifth year, you know, yeah. wrestling 50 matches. But as a true freshman, it worked out perfect. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I improved a lot that year. I wrestled Ed Giese, a Minnesota guy. Oh, yeah. I know I very first tournament of the year and the very last tournament of the year. And uh, uh, Giese beat me really bad. The, the worst I've ever been beat in folk style at the beginning of the year. And then uh, come the national tournament, you know, you know, I lose three to one. He, he finishes third and I finish fifth. So I really improved a lot that year. And then the next year I redshirted, which was a mistake. I should have never redshirted. I should have kept wrestling. Yep. But that was my decision. And I got into international, which freestyle was always my better style anyway. And uh, um, there was a couple of big tournaments at that time. Sunkist was getting really big. Yep. And then there was a called the Hall of Fame Classic, which happened down in Stillwater. <clears throat> and that's kind of who they based on who they were going to take overseas. So, you know, I got to go to Russia. And, um, and I can tell you what, as a little kid, I, I used to dream about wrestling in Russia. I didn't know what it was going to look like, you know, when I got there. But in my head, you know, I dreamed about <clears throat> wrestling there. I had wrestled many Russians in the living room. You know, my little brother was, you know, we would have these matches. But I also had him here. Yep. And I can remember flying into Russia and we're taking a bus to to Gori or, or, or some Irovan or someplace. And I'm sitting in the bus and it's snowing. You know, I'm 20 years old and I'm there in a bus with Dave Schultz and Kenny Monday and uh, Shears and all these, Barry Davis, Jim Jordan, all these guys. And I'm like, I I'm, I'm here. You know, it's almost like I'm pitching myself going, you know, I <laughs> all this time I dreamed about it and I'm here now. And, and uh, you know, that was a big deal. That was a big deal. And I had a pretty good, a pretty good tournament. Um, I, I wrestled the world champion from North Korea. He had just won the worlds a few months earlier and um, I'd wrestled him. And I, and then I wrestled the guy, my other loss was to uh, to Guzov, who ended up being a world uh, Olympic silver medalist in 88, uh, just a year later. And then a, a silver medal and bronze medal in the worlds. Well, those were my two losses. So yeah, uh, Get this, get this. What? That's to off the the North Koreans a world champion, and he still didn't win the tournament. Another Russian won the tournament. So you deep. know what I mean? So deep. Yeah, so many good guys. I mean, so what year was that that you wrestled in the Tbilisi? Do you remember? That was 1987. So okay, so that was before the Soviet Union had even collapsed. Yeah, yeah, it was still it was still the real deal. Okay. So, um, I mean, talk about being able to go in. I mean, there's not many people that in their lifetime probably got to see that. That's a pretty cool experience. Yeah. It, it really was, man. It were, I, I was kind of in awe the whole time, you know, because I'm just a small town Iowa kid, you know, yeah. that's my first overseas. And, you know, I'm here looking around and it's, you know, you can't get that from a, from a social studies class. You know what I mean? It's, yes. it's one thing to read about it. It's another thing to be there. And, 
and it was great. You know, I mean, it's, I'm so glad that I had that experience amongst many, many others to follow. Yes. Well, hundred percent. And I know, you know, even talk, I mean, I cannot not only imagine, you know, and I know you've had a lot of a long coaching career. I know you've been able to help so many athletes, you know, like going back in time, but Justin Hooligard was an Anoka kid. He was actually, I got to know him. And I remember he would come back from college when he was wrestling for you at Buena Vista, that D3 college there. And he'd tell me stories about your mindset at the time. And, you know, when you're in high school, this is pre flow wrestling. This is, you know, when there was paper, you know, the predicament or, you know, the guillotine, these papers that would come in the mail. Right. So it's like, I was just so hungry for that mindset and that refreshing knowledge and he'd come back and tell me things and you take it and run with it make it your own you know yeah Hooligard, he you know Hooligard did a great job you know he he was on the team at minnesota and uh and, and he was a good wrestler i mean Hooligard was a good wrestler and ended up getting him to be able to come to bv and he you know he kind of uh he didn't sprint through the finish line because he had a lot of injuries yeah. but he ended up being the first time uh, four-time All-American in, in Buena, Vista, Buena Vista wrestling history. He was a four-time All-American. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah, fifth, uh, fifth, third, fourth, and then I think seventh. He had to. He had to. Uh, he ended up uh, uh, forfeit now at the end because he because he, he got hurt. Yeah. But it's a four-time All. That's not easy to do, any in any division. No. You know what I mean? He was, he was a good, Hulikard's a good wrestler, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even, I mean, so like when you're now, when your brother, your younger brother, Doug was competing, right. When he was making his world teams, Olympic teams in that run there, were you guys still close at that time? I know he was down in Iowa at that time. Were you part of his life? You know? Yeah, we were talking. I mean, you know, it, of course we were talking. That's so awesome. I love Doug. Yeah. He was awesome too at the Olympics. I'm this 18 year old kid and Doug was, he was, you know, same type of thing when you were in Russia, here I am in Beijing with these guys kind of pinching myself going, is this real? Yeah. You know, but that's well, same, that same type of thing. You're reading about him in magazines. Now you're hanging out with them. It was a cool experience. And well, that that's pretty incredible for you to, to, to be that high level, that, that early in your career i mean what do you what do you attribute that to i mean how did you get so high level at, at you know at, at that age yeah i mean what would you attribute that to i will well first of all i would say two things one right your your family is number one and your faith and where you come from i would say that shaped who i was the other part of it too is the older i get in time you know, learning more, it, it is the right people in the right place in the right time. And so much, and I've said this in every interview about it since Serendipity. it was Brandon Paulson, man. It was a hundred percent. That guy showed up to the Anoka high school. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. And you, and you didn't have to go too far to guess. Right. And he turned me from a boy into a man, as far as, you know, I went from wrestling high school kids to college guys. I basically skipped college wrestling and just started wrestling Paulson every day. And that you don't have, you either quit or you get tough. And I got tough. And all of a sudden, like you said, you go from 16 years old at 18. It's like, I could compete with any man in the world at that. Yeah, that's, a, that's amazing. You know, and that's that was a hundred percent with the people you surround yourself with. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's not many that can do that though. Not, not at that age, yeah. you know, 
And I think in like, in looking back, right, you have hindsight, you wish you would have maybe done some different here or there. And, you know, like anything in life, I think when you push those limits in your life, like I push limits and you with injuries and the limits push back. Right. But, right. you know, and I had, like I said, a lot of concussions and injuries, but at the end of the day, I look back, I'm grateful for it. I want to be the man who I am. I want to have my amazing wife, my awesome kids and where I'm at. And so I guess someone was looking out for me, you know, but. You know, it's crazy how you say that, because I, I think about things too, like I, and, and who doesn't, who doesn't replay things? Yeah. I don't think it's realistic if people say, well, I never question. I mean, I think about what if I would have went to Iowa or Iowa state, you know, and, and yeah. Gable was there and, and all this and what if, the, but what if I went to Iowa what if I did win the nationals, but I was on the way home one weekend and I got in a car wreck and got, you know, I mean, what if that would have happened? You just don't know. You know what I'm saying? hundred percent. Because that would have put you in a whole nother set of circumstances and yeah. you know, you are where you are. And, uh, it doesn't mean you still don't think about things, but, um, I do believe sometimes there's a bigger force. That, that knows better than we do. You know what I mean? 100%. Because you know, I, 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 I think sometimes we'd screw it up. Yeah, oh, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well, we just screw it up. Well, let's so, face it, right? Like being totally honest. I think sometimes maybe initially, especially wrestling careers don't end the way they want for every, or every high level athlete. And maybe yourself included. You know, it's like, have you, and I'm sure you've had to walk athletes through, okay, we all have scars as athletes, right? We all have things that, hey, I would have done, but, you know, do you teach your athletes or the kids you worked with, hey, let's learn from that. Let's be better for the next thing. Or how do you, how do you help them process that? Because we all have scars, you know? Yeah. You mean, how do I help them deal with maybe unmet dreams and things yeah. like that? Yeah. Um, Well, I put it this way. I think we're a lot harder on ourselves than we would be on other people. Like, for example, my relationship with wrestling is a love-hate. Yeah. Like, I threw most of my awards away a couple of years ago. I just gathered my, what do I need this stuff for? And yeah. I went to a dump in Waverly, and I threw away a lot of my stuff, and then I went to one the landfill in New Haven, Iowa, when I threw away a bunch of my other, and I remember taking the trophies and bouncing them off stuff, just like, you know, unfulfilled. And I saw, and I look over and I see there's a ton of bowling trophies there. And I was like, somebody else must have also been ready to let some of this stuff go, you know? Yeah. Um, because for me, I didn't come anywhere close to what to what I wanted or even was capable of. 100%. And some of that was outside forces and some of that I sabotaged myself. But uh, uh, as far as dealing with other athletes, you know, I would change some of the ways I dealt with some of the athletes. You know, I, if, if I could go back, I would do some things different. Some mm -hmm. of the things I've said to athletes, some of the way, uh, I wouldn't make it so, so like, uh, like life and death, you know what I mean? I wouldn't make it so, you know, make it so, it, it just put pressure. You know what I did? I, I, I projected a lot of my anxiety onto the athletes. That's one thing I would change. You know, I would be more, 
so much more loose and so much more, you know, uh, there's a, there's a great saying analysis during training and simplicity during competition. And when it comes competition day, these athletes don't need, they don't need a bunch of, you know, remember this, remember blah, blah, blah. The work is done, you know, and I did that a lot to the athletes, you know, put, unnecessary pressure and importance and all these things on it. When, if I could go back now, you know what, you know, the word I would use as what? energy for these guys would be, it'd be gratitude. It would be the, if there's an energy, whatever gratitude means to you in your head, if you can capture that, you know, cause we do have the ability to regulate our emotions. I would say, shoot for gratitude, you know, try to, try to, uh, you know, you could use enthusiasm, you could use motivation, you could use any of these things. But gratitude, man, it, gratitude, first off, it cancels all negativity. And think about this. Think about what it would be like wrestling with the emotion of being grateful. How, how much looser and, and free that would feel as opposed to this thing that you have to win, this pressure of you have to win, you have to produce your self-importance you know, relies on this. This is, you know, if you win, you're good. If you're, if you lose, you're bad, you know, you'd be so much more freer being grateful to compete, grateful for, for the opportunities, grateful for the success that's going to come grateful for all your, what your body does for you. It would take pressure off the hook, man. Cause you know, you're going to be okay. No matter what happens, yes. win or lose, you know, and for a lot of us, even when we won, it wasn't by big enough. I still got taken down. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, you couldn't, it was, it was to a level that you could never get to. You couldn't get to. Man. And for me, it ended up souring everything towards the end of my career. I was just eking through the finish line because yeah. I just wanted to be so done with it. Yeah. And gratitude was the farthest thing away from my mind. Are you kidding? Grateful, you know, grateful for what, you know, I mean, <laughs> Never, never thinking about what a great opportunity this is yeah. and how my body continues to show up for me. And just the fact that I have the opportunity and grateful for the success that's going to come and all these things, I would have been so much more free. I mean, a lot of athletes, they, 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 uh, they handcuff themselves. They, they, they tie themselves up. I mean, when they're competing, because it's, I, I believe it's the wrong, it's the wrong thought. It's the, you know, it's some ideal that can never be fulfilled, Yeah. you know, and, and there's just so much emphasis on, on, on winning and, and I, and I'm all about winning, but when that's what you're thinking about when you're competing, that's not to your advantage because you can't compete freely. Wonderful. You know, we're going to be at our best when our body knows how to do it better than our mind, because if our mind gets involved, it gets in the way, yep. you know, and for example, why do we drill? Why do we drill technique? We drill technique so we can hit it on anybody when it comes to competition, because if our, if our mind is going to be involved, it's going to get in the way, yeah. but we want our body to learn how to do it better than our mind. And that's when we're at our best. You hear about people like I'm in the zone, I'm in the don't, I'm in the zone. You've heard that kind of term, yeah. terminology. That's when your body knows how to do it better than your mind. And if you're preparing right and you're preparing 
you know, correctly and, you, and you're doing the right things during the week, then I believe the body's going to know how to do it better than the mind on, on competition day. And the mind is only going to get in the way. It's going to get in the way because that's what the mind does. The mind's about survival. It's not about making you feel good. Yes. You know, and most people don't know how to, how to put a leash on it. They're just at the mercy of their environment. They're at the mercy of who their opponent is. They're at the mercy of stress and anxiety and all the, and being bombarded by all this chaos and they don't know how to deal with it. And of course it affects the way they perform. Yeah. But what about if you could get there and you could find a way to free yourself of all this, you know, that you could get yourself to a place where you're uncuffed. There's yeah. no prison. You're going to be okay. No matter what I'm prepared. This thing's just going to get in the way. Let my body take over. Yes. If you're preparing right. Your body will know where to go and what to do. Oh, that's, that's a long amazing. rant. That is, no, that is an amazing I literally, so I'm sitting down, right? I'm preparing for this interview and I have questions on questions on, you literally just answered eight questions with one answer <laughs> because, and, and I, and I, I no, I love it because I think you go back to for any athlete, when they're free, you're dangerous. And when you're dangerous, I don't know if there's a better feeling in the world as an athlete, like what you're talking about, simplicity during competition. Like that's the most awesome feeling in the world you know when you're dangerous yeah. and it's so funny well, like, when, you were, when you were young you were pretty much free of being contaminated i yeah. mean i think about my junior to college to my senior year i was a totally different person i was kind of naive and i tell you what naive's okay as long as you're not getting taken advantage of there's nothing wrong with still believing a little bit in santa claus and some of these things you know, staying naive to the point that you're not taken advantage of, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Because when you start to think too much and, and you start to realize how things really are in this in this world, it ain't good. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's so I, you know, this is gonna be pain, man. House of pain. <laughs> My every day I wake up the last five years, I got this journal and I write down gratitude. Three things grateful every day. And my wife just is like, why you got to do that every day? And I'm like, I don't even know why I'm doing it some days, but I do think it helps. It puts things in perspective. You know, it's not about saying thank you. It, it's about cultivating a personality of, of, of thanks and gratitude. I mean, there's different ways to go through life. Uh, I, I perfectly understand very well what it's like to go through life being very negative and suspicious and cynical of human nature. That's who I am. I'm cynical of human nature. I'm cynical of people because I know I know what's out there. Yep. But I'd be much better off with an energy of of just take it easy, man. You know, it's almost like a clenched fist all the time. It's like relax. Yeah. You know, I mean, you don't have to go through life like this. Relax, man. There's so many good things. It's like, what, what is so bad in this world? What, what is it that I can't get over? You know, I mean, what, what is it that, you know, when, when things get in the way, what is it? And it's usually just our own, our own mind getting in the way. Yeah. You know, I mean, who was it? Uh, I've, I've, I've had many great troubles in my life, most of which never happened. And I can't remember who said that, but it's so true. 
we catastrophize things, but most of the time they don't ever happen. You know, we we build these things up. You know, it's like it's like your girlfriend's late calling you up. You know, your girlfriend's late, and, and right away, you know, ten minutes late, right away you're thinking, I wonder if she's somewhere else. You know, she's talking to somebody. Right away, that's where you go. You don't go like, well, maybe, uh, you know, maybe she got a flat tire on the way home. I mean, it's it's yeah. never any of that. It's always, we always catastrophize things. Yes. Do a lot of damage. Let Unless you put a leash life. on it. You got to have, have that mindfulness. You know, if there's one thing, if there was one thing to teach, you would be teach kids, people how to be conscious, how to be present, how to be mindful, and not just be at the mercy of everything and everyone else. That's what they want. Yeah, because then they can make yes. a puppet. But yeah. when you learn how to think for yourself and, and and how to you know how to acquire presence and and not be at the mercy of your environment or your opponent or whoever it is that you hate and you can't get over, that's that's a that's a prison, man. Yeah, percent <laughs> over my. I'm, I'm going all over here, man. No, I love it. I absolutely it fires me up. Um, this last weekend. So, you know, I've been going to go for wrestling duels my entire life. Right. And I yeah. brought my kids to them. And this last weekend was Penn state and Iowa. I've never seen a duel in Carver hockey my entire life, neither of my kids. And so we loaded them up, my in-laws and some family. And we drove down to Iowa city and watched Penn state versus Iowa talk about a wrestling environment. Right. And to be honest, I'm, being a gopher, right? I'm pretty indifferent. I wasn't like, hey, cheering for this, but just taking in the environment, watching wrestling, how cool it was, but also talk about that gratitude. And I, I feel like, you know, whether you like Penn State or not, I, you know, in the interviews I've heard from Bo Nickel or some, some of these guys that you get a lens into that program talking about, you see a sense of that relaxed or kale or how he composed and again not to toot but just you see that a little bit you know that yeah, gratitude and they're free and you hear them talk about it in their interviews it comes up at ncaa's it comes up with the guys making the senior world teams and olympic teams and yeah it goes back to what you're saying yeah so it's yeah. seeing that same they, you know yeah it's almost they, they wrestle so free yeah you know granted they got great great kids they're getting great kids but they're sure in hell doing something very right because they, they wrestle very free very offensive there's not a lot of they don't seem to be carrying a lot of pressure yeah. and you know it's that it's that analysis during training and simplicity during competition that they've really got where some of the other teams they seem to be wrestling so much tighter so much staying safe now they're they're in here. And again, I think guys are, are athletes compete at their best when they're allowing their body to, their body knows how to do it better than the mind. The mind's just going to screw it up. And uh, I think they found a way to do that because they, they continually, they're continually producing these, you know, and, and they, you know, granted who their workout partners are. I mean, they got several world champions. That all aside, these guys are still wrestling very free, you know, and 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 very offensive, and and uh, yeah, I mean, holy cow, who wouldn't want to wrestle like that? Yeah, that that, that type of that type of environment. I mean, it's working. 
Yeah. You've been around the sport of wrestling a long time. You've had success. You've coached at every level. You know, we're at a time in wrestling where, you know, we've got the NIL transfer portal. You've got all these different aspects of wrestling. And I'm taking a step back, almost more youth or even, let's say, middle school, early high school. You know, what any any advice as far as, you know, for younger kids that do want to be great, right? But from a long-term development standpoint, frame that for kids or any ideas for kids that are saying, hey, someday I, I love wrestling. I want to be great. For one thing, I, I very, very heavily promote uh, being a dreamer. You know what I mean? Building castles is uh, something I came across several years ago. Building castles, I mean, it's got to happen here first. And, you know, I encourage kids, first off, dream. You know, find something that drives you, motivates you, and excites you. Because if you do, you can build your life around it. You know, and you're not going to do the things that are necessary to be great unless it's something that drives you, motivates you, and excites you. You know, uh, it, it's got to come from within. And let's face it, how many kids do we see? They have a lot of success early. They're doing it for somebody else. And then when they get a little bit older and they start to become a teenager a little more, they, they rebel a little bit. You know, it's like, I, I never wanted to do this anyway, you know, because... Where where the pressure's coming from, from the parents, from wherever, from the rankings, you know, they got all these rankings and all, all that stuff does is just add pressure. It's great for the fans. It's not great for the athletes. Yep. You know, the athletes would be better off if their focus was just on, on getting better. Let's just get better. Let's just continue to improve. And if they do that, well, they're going to have pretty good results. But when you got all these stupid rankings all the time and all this stuff and this guy seedings and all, and you got to have that, but it just seems to to add a lot of pressure. You know what I mean? It just seems to add a lot of pressure. Uh, but I would say this, find something that drives you, motivates you, excites you, whether it's wrestling or not, who cares if, if it's, if it's music, if it's anything, doesn't matter Yeah. if it drives you, motivates you and excites you. And it's something that you want to do and you can't get enough of, you can build your life around it. And, uh, but if it's a drag, if it's a drag, it's just a matter of time. But dreaming's a big part of it, man. Dreaming's a big part of it. And again, I think, you know, I believe if you think about something enough and you're doing the right things and you're doing the things some way, shape or form, it just, you seem to find yourself there at some point. You know what I mean? Yes. You seem to find yourself in this, while you're building these castles, you, you get there, you get there. And, uh, but I think you got to have passion about it and it's got to come from within or it'll never last. You know what I mean? It'll never last. 100%. I, I tell you, I give you a good example. Um, my brother's got two, two boys, Hayden and Hendrix. And they're like uh, ninth and eighth grade now or something. <clears throat> and uh, of course, they gravitated towards wrestling because they're around it. But they didn't have to do that. They were exposed to all the sports early on. They started out in gymnastics, which is very smart because a lot of the European countries, and those, they get these kids in gymnastics early. So they learn body awareness and all these things. So they went through that. 
and and then they did got into hockey and they tried all these other things and eventually by choice they chose wrestling and uh, and, and obviously it was influenced but never the pressure on it never the pressure on it for Hayden it's something that drives him, motivates him, excites him. He's a freshman now. He's 34 and 0, and he's probably he's gonna smash everybody, you know. Awesome. And That's and Hendricks will be coming up next. But but there's never there was never the pressure on him to do this. Yeah. They chose it, but they provided him with the skills early on, though. You know, gymnastics, things like that. You can't some of those skills they learn, you know, the body learning how to do it better than the mind, it's so innate that. Yeah. They don't have to think about things. Their body just knows where to go. 100%. You know? Yeah. It's, you know, another thing too is it is so many times with, with, with men or boys or males, they think it has to be sports. It doesn't have to be sports. It can be anything, man. You know, it's not like just because you're a guy, you got to be in sports. There's other things that are enjoyable too. People have other interests. It's not all sports. It can be, I mean, I'm big into music, man. And and yeah. you like music, get into music. You like art, get into art. You, you, who cares? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I know for us, like hunting and fishing has always been something I try when it's time in the summer and in the fall. We're out in the woods. We're out in the lake. Like we're taking that time and you need something. You need something. If you don't something. enjoy it, they'll never stay with it. They'll never stay with it if, if it doesn't bring them some kind of enjoyment. They'll never stay with it. And, you know, it's, it just doesn't work. There's so much, you know, you can pull somebody and force somebody for so long before, you know, the, the, the true essence uh, arises, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's going to show at some point. Yeah. Well, these dads get my kid a full ride and all this nonsense. It's like, well, if he gets a full ride, great. If he doesn't, so what? You You know what I mean? You learned as Jay would say, like, it's who you became through the process. It's the lessons you learned along the way. It's those are things that are going to make you a better father, a better husband, a better, you know, business owner, employee, whatever it is in your life. And it took me a long time to realize that, but dang it, it's right. It's true. <laughs> it is. You know, I think about my time in Minnesota and, and obviously we, we had some great uh, success, but the things I think about so much more are, some of the car rides or the conversations or the humor, it's, it's those things, you know, that, that you remember. And, and yeah, we had success, but we, we don't sit and talk about the success nearly as much as we talk about, you know, stories and things that, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the, 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 the just the, uh, the, the, uh, the experiences along the way, yeah. you know, the relationships and, and those type of things are what, really bring the value and we were just blessed with having success along with that you know 100 well and talk about so i'm in my hotel watching that duel down in carver this weekend i google the best 10 ncaa wrestling teams of all time first on you know right on that list was the 10 all americans right the 10 and it's, there's been so many documentaries and so, it's an amazing story talk about being part of one of the best teams of all time and being an, a, a, an important part of that. Like, what was that? Ex- I mean, the experience had to be amazing, but what, what can you say about that? Yeah. Well, I tell you what, when you look at the guys we had, I'm not really surprised that all 10 of them placed, you know what I mean? 
Yeah. I mean, if you look at that lineup up and down the line, uh, all those guys were very capable of being all Americans, but, but, but been able to do it all in the same weekend, you know, and that's what, that's what everybody strives for. Everybody uh, firing at the same time. And, uh, you know, we had just, we had a, I don't even call it a team. I believe what we had at that time was a movement. Yeah. It was a movement. I mean, it was, it was a group of guys and coaches that just, I don't think it comes around all that often where yeah. you have the chemistry and all those people in the same place at the same time. I, I think it was pretty magical that we were able to put together a, a roster and a staff that were all together at that same time. You put all those people in the same place at the same time and, 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 and good shit's going to happen, man. And, and it did. And we just really caught fire that Saturday morning, man. I mean, we were ready to go. The guys were ready to go. They were calm and we had a lot of success that morning and really knocked it out of the park. Yeah. And, uh, it was fun. Cause I remember as we were walking out of Carver Hawkeye, that morning session, we're walking out. The teams, most of the teams are walking out. And the Bible fans are sitting there and they're, they, you know, they can see down right there. We're no, we're not that far from them. I mean, you could reach their hand, all kinds of stuff to Jay and stuff to, you know, booing, all this, you know, farmers with their overalls on, you know, all these guys just, you know, insulting us and that. And, we didn't hear a word they were saying. I mean, I heard it, but it didn't affect me at all because we were so, it, it was just magical is what I would, would say. It was a magical morning with a magical team. And uh, and now it's forever in the history books. You know, it just doesn't come around that often. Yeah. Well, and it's so cool. And I think, look at what that group has gone and done. You see a lot of them coaching. You see a lot of their kids competing and it's, it's funny, like you won't want to say it's luck, right? Because it's like the people didn't see the work that you guys put in, the lessons along the way, the struggles you had to overcome, the to, for it to all come together, like you said, to be loose and to be in it. Like it's more than just wrestling at that point. That's what's so cool. And it's a special time. It's a special time. It was an energy is really what it was, man. It was so much bigger than a thought. It was, it was such an energy. And everybody felt it. And it was just a connection, you know? I mean, it really was. I mean, we were, we just were really connected. And it was just too powerful to overcome, you know? And, and I don't know if I felt, ever felt like that again, coaching. I'd have to really think about it. Yeah. But that was definitely a magical, a magical moment where things really came together. And we prepared. It didn't just happen. We, we prepared for that. Yeah. You know, the team, the coaches. You know, they, people don't, you know, it's always funny with people with coaching. They say, what do you do now that the season's over? You know, people always say that. What do you do now the season's over? Like the season, season's never over. You know, the college, the schedule might be completed and over for now, but coaching's never over. People, how many, how many hours and hours and hours and hours and hours were put in individually with these guys through the years? I mean, so much time, so much time, so much time and effort and energy and commitment. 
And you do it all to hopefully have that experience that we had and we got to have it. 100%. That's so cool. It's such a special experience. And I mean, yeah, that, that, I remember as a kid coming to watch those, it changed my life, you know, being able to come just even watch, you know, that's, that's so cool. And, you know, looking ahead and just to wrap up, I don't, I don't take all your time and I appreciate the time you have. I'm sorry. I went on some rants. No, I love it. You know, last thing, like the mindset, like you are, you have a gift when it comes to reaching people in your mindset and your approach and your attitude. And it's funny. And again, not all things are equal, right? I don't want to generalize, but I do believe, you know, in, especially in the wrestling world, let's say at the youth or like, there's clubs, right? A lot of the kids, the better kids are going to clubs now. They're part of their community ed programs. They're part of their school programs. So all things being equal with the 24 hour or the 16 hours you have in a day to train, go to school, live your life. What, talk about the edge. Like, I do believe in this. Talk about the edge you can get or how you could separate all things being equal physically. What can the mental side of this approach do for you as a wrestler? Because I believe it's so important. Yeah. It. Well, uh, let me tell you something. Um, being a coach and, and, and doing performance psychology are very different. As a coach, there's a big piece of that that's able to motivate. You know what I mean? Um, you know, uh, some of the best practices we had were things that were said to the team. You know, we talked to the team a lot. You know, I know a lot of coaches, they don't talk to their team. The yeah. only time they talk to their team is when it's, well, tomorrow the bus is going to leave at three. It's like, no, you got to talk to your team, you know, and sometimes, you talk to them, maybe it's only three minutes, maybe it's 45 minutes, uh, but you got to talk to your team. And that's where the culture, the motivation part comes in, saying the right things at the right times. Um, I think that's a big part of coaching, saying the right things at the right times to the guys, because that's going to that's gonna weigh very heavily on how these guys think. You got to plant, you got to plant seeds. But there's different ways of saying things. I can say something in different tones and they mean something totally different. The tone you say things in is gigantic, even more important than the words. And I think we used a lot of, lot of very uh, motivational, enthousi enthusiastic tones with these guys when we talked to them, the things that we said. And I think that had to do with a very big part of their mentality of the way they believed, of the way they thought. Because we were talking to them on a daily basis. You know, if you want to acquire some mentality, it can't be something that you just occasionally go to. It's got to be something that that you that you commit to, that you incorporate, that you, it becomes your personality. Not just a sometimes thing that's like, oh, right, I, I got to remember to think positive. No, man, it's got to, it, it's got to be who you become. Yes. And and to be be able to become that, you have to surround yourself with it. You have to you have to steep yourself in it, whether it's the people you're around, like you talked about earlier, or the things that you're reading, and even more importantly, the things that you're saying to yourself. You can't just allow your mind to be at the mercy of wherever it wants to go, because the mind is like a little kid, a little fucking kid. You take your eyes off a kid, it's always gonna wander off into into some trouble. You know what I mean? It's gonna 
be pinching the dog's nose or it's going to go near the stairs and fall. It's always going to wander off into trouble. Well, our mind's like that too. You got to keep it on a short leash and, and, and not, not like hanging on like this, just being aware, being what I call a human owl. I got to be aware of where things are going and, and, and how I'm feeling. And, and, uh, and I can't just allow myself to be at the mercy of who I'm around, what I'm around, my circumstance. I have to I have to decide. I have to decide how it is I want to think and how I want to feel. I have to do this because left to myself, because of the way our brain is, our brain is like uh, uh, Velcro for the negative and Teflon for the positive. The negative just sticks so much more than the positive does, you know. And and then what happens is is they're thinking negative, so they get tight. They get and it's relax man it's all it's all it's all good it's all you know we we make we make things be so more you know bigger than they are you know like we catastrophize is what i call it yeah and i know i kind of got off there a little bit but but i gotta put the mind on a leash i gotta become a human owl i gotta i gotta be a cop i gotta patrol what's going on here and calm cool and composed is something i try to go back to Calm, cool, and composed, you know, gratitude, those type of things. Like when I feel myself slipping away into this fist clinch and into this, hey man, come on, relax, relax. Uh, where the performance psychology person, that's more giving people information. That's not as fun. Yeah. You know, a lot of people I've worked with with the performance psychology, they didn't get anything out of it. Because it's not like you talk to me and now you're better. It's like, you got to take the things, the direction I'm giving you, and you have to incorporate it. It's not going to just, it's not a genie lamp. Yeah. And that's why it doesn't work for so many people, you know, because they don't, they don't work at it. They don't work at it. It's like, oh, I'm trying to think a certain way. This doesn't work. Well, you have to work at it. You have to work at it. And the best place to work at these things is going to be from a stance of being calm, cool, and composed. It's not going to be when you're like this, man. Yeah. It's like, relax. Relax. <laughs> be a, and I got to tell myself that because I, because I get like that all the time. Yes. Like, relax, dude. Is it? Um, I don't know. I bounced around there, but, That's but hopefully, hopefully something you know ho hopefully i hit on some things you wanted oh mark you have no idea i think well first of all i'm so grateful i i really am man i just want to acknowledge you and your knowledge oh sorry what was that there's a lot of people you could be asking to have on your podcast so thanks for for having me yeah likewise man and if there's anybody else that you think i should get on or you want to come on again you are absolutely welcome anytime i appreciate and i, I tell you what <laughs> I for a fact wrestlers in this is an exciting time the next you know and even like me you aren't necessarily coaching right now but being watching wrestling like this is an exciting time that for a lot of kids in college and height it's it'll change their lives so i know they can pick up a little nugget for sure out of this conversation that's what it's about well it's their time it's their time you their know time. it's they have the clay in their hands right now and they can shape this any way they want yeah, but but sometimes you got to know that you can shape it. You know, I don't think a lot of kids, people know that they can shape this clay any way they want. You know, it's like you got this this uh, 
this just blank canvas here. And, and I don't think people realize that you can paint this any way you want. Yes. You're not at the mercy of anything else. You're at the mercy of this because this will get in the way. But once you learn how to tame that, and, and once you learn how to be this human owl, and once you learn how to separate a little bit and just not be caught up in the emotion of it, then, then you can start picking it apart. Then yeah. you can start right-sizing things and being able to make some of these things. You know what? Maybe I can. Maybe I can. But you got to dream. Dreaming, th th that's the one thing that I would say, man, is be a dreamer. Be a dreamer. And dream big. Dream big. I love it. The wrestler. Build that castle. Yes. The world needs more wrestlers. It needs There's more dreamers. <laughs> Build castles versus digging graves. That's right. That's right. Well, and I know, I know you're going to impact people with this talk, so I can't wait to share it. I, so. I appreciate the time, Mark. And Hey, I'm wishing you nothing but the best. And um, I would definitely love to stay in touch with you. If that's all right. Yeah, you betcha, brother. Thanks for having me. Yes. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. All right, Jake, take care, man. We've reached the end of another impactful episode of Thrive Without Limits with your host, Jake Deichler. We hope the insights you shared today will continue to resonate with you on your journey to unlimited potential. Don't miss out on future episodes by subscribing. And if you enjoyed today's content, we'd appreciate your feedback to review. Keep thriving until next time. Remember to live without limits.